Beal back to Hachimura. Konnichiwa. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And it was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. When a guy took a, took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it, honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. I'm Matt Vizana of the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully you had a nice Memorial Day weekend. As always, my brother Noel is here with us. Noel, how are things? Great. How are you? Good holiday. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. It was great. Before we start, I want to say there was some interesting feedback from the last two shows. Uh, Would you like to hear about this? Uh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm just happy people are listening and, and tuning in. That's the first step, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't mean they're nuts, but yeah, go ahead. Let's <laughs> let let's hear what they got to say. All right. So first, someone that responded on Instagram said, "Noel, you are an apologist for Jordan's teammates, and they need to man up." What do you think about that? You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. It was actually significantly longer than that, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that one. Wow, you're paraphrasing it. They need to man up. I, I said that during the podcast, that these guys are men and they're being treated like children and they they were being abused and called names for pointless reasons. That's all I was saying, just to show that he is the man. And everybody already knew he was the man. There was no reason he was adding salt onto the wound and just all these guys needed to have a daddy complex. That's all I was talking about. Of course they're men. They're they're professionals. These guys worked their ass off to get where they were. They didn't need to uh, have Jordan tell them they were pieces of shit. These guys worked their ass off. So yeah, I think they did man up. They manned up plenty. Sometimes you need to be told you're a piece of shit to win championships. Apparently, I guess, you know, to <laughs> five rings or whatever some of these guys won just wasn't enough. They needed to be called a faggot in order to be motivated. Again, Jordan's words, not Knowles. Just right. wanted to make that clear. Absolutely. Okay. In all fairness, I think that the guy who wrote this incredibly long statement was just basically listening to the short clip that I put out. So I don't think he understood. I think it was taken out of context a little bit, but you work with that situation when you put out short clips and people don't want to listen to the whole thing. So there you go. But I did tell him to listen to the entire episode. If he did or not, I don't know. All right. So the Crickets next now. Yeah, Crickets, yeah, of course. <laughs> no response. Um, second, you know, I, I didn't really say this on at the time, but you were very rude saying that I was delusional for the seven and nine and result of the Redskin <laughs> season. I just wanted to make that clear. I, uh, I feel like yeah. once in a while I need to stand man up for myself. Up. I want you to man to up. Jo- you need to take on Jordan. <laughs> yeah, this is very Jordan-esque right here, you know, and it's getting to be that way. Yeah. But. Sorry, I won't I won't call you mean names, maybe. <laughs> but we've had, we actually had quite a few responses saying that we were way off to, I guess, delusional Skins fans, and there's plenty of them out there. So which we, one was delusional, me or you? Uh, both of us. Both we, of us? Apparently, okay. I thought, I mean, you called me delusional, but at the same time, other people were saying I was delusional, that they were going to be winning the NFC East, this and that. 
surprising people for X, Y, and Z reasons, you know, and I, you know, I'm way past that at this point. I, I was always that guy and I still think seven and nine is, is attainable, but Jesus, that just seems a little out of reach to me. So people were saying that they were going to win the NFC East or that five and 11 was uncalled for. And we were delusional for having too bad of a record. Exactly. That's crazy. I mean, what, so what are their expectations? They think that they're going to win the division and go to the playoffs. Well, why would you consider that an option? If it happens, that's cherry on top. If they're successful, that's a good thing. But based on the schedule that they have and the gauntlets that they have during the schedule and with everything going on with COVID and and not being able to be with their new coach and new players in a young team, why would you have expectations that you think this team's going to win the division? Or make some noise well let's also, get out of here man why because well, they listen to a they listen to a video of Rivera with his team today and Tressway wants to run through a wall for him now that's what's going to improve their record to what 10 and 6 what do these people think they're going to have they're nuts well we could all hope I, but you know my words to live by are just expect the worst and hope for the best and it makes you it makes you appreciate things when they go well which doesn't happen very often but I wanted to also point out that Vegas has the Redskins winning five and a half games this year. That's actually up from four and a half because of the amount of bets that were put in for their four and a half wins. It's not because they actually think they're going to win five and a half. It's just because they went up because they had so many bets coming in. And Vegas doesn't like to lose. That's usually the best way to go about it. Is oh, just shit. To listen so I'm basically almost dead on. You freaking kidding me? What else do I need to do? Eh, well, Let's move on. These people uh, are delusional Redskins fans. It's played out. Well, there's less and less these days, uh, so we'll just hope for the best, as I said. But anyway, thank you for the responses or even caring about the show. I just wanted to say that before Noel got all angry about the listeners that actually <laughs> paid attention. But feel free to comment whatever you'd like on our Instagram page. It's Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast and on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. I didn't know if you know this. We're almost at 700 followers on Twitter. It's a pretty big awesome, deal. Awesome, man. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't think we'd beat 700, 700 the, the 700 club. Maybe? Yeah. All right. So we really appreciate the support and uh, just keep them coming. So anyway, I wanted to touch on something that's going to be a part of this show about Antonio Gandy-Golden. Sure, many of you heard Redskins fourth round pick. He actually tested positive for coronavirus in March, but has fully recovered. Just admitted that a few days ago. He actually contracted the disease March 24th, had mild symptoms and was cleared on, on April 7th. So one thing that I found really interesting was he played at Liberty University in Lynchburg, but they reopened in March despite warnings of, of COVID, which him practicing and training for the draft probably had a lot to do with that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The school that he went to is not a not a science or MIT. It, it's a religious heavy school and one of those that probably wasn't putting forth the effort that some of the other schools are. It's a small school and they just said fight on through it and that's where he ended up. So I'm happy that he's recovered from it and had plenty of time at home to think about it, I guess. Yeah, luckily he's, he's healthy and fully recovered and hopefully do some things for our beloved Redskins. But that ties into the show today. We're covering sports leagues after uh, return from COVID-19. I think it's a pretty up-to-date subject at this point. I mean, a lot of things are going on with these different sports leagues trying to make a comeback. And there's it's funny, they're all similar, but all different in their own way, especially Major League Baseball, which is kind of funny, the, the little nuances that they're, that they're changing about the game so that people don't touch each other, touch the same ball, whatever the case may be. I wanted to touch on that. But, you know, you got to think about the the age bracket that we're working with. Recently, actually, CDC said one fifth of the infected people are ages 20 to 44, which is kind of in that sweet spot of the, the athletes that are going to be coming back, including coaches and 
with doctors, water boys, towel boys, whatever. And many of those people fall in the high risk category in those over 65s, right? So yeah. there, there's, there's a lot of things that need to be worked out before these leagues can start back. And one positive, though, is that 0.1.2% of that 20 to 44 age bracket actually have died from this. So it's the likelihood. What's your point, though? So if a person gets it, it doesn't matter what the fatality rate is. It's going to contaminate the game, okay? So anybody that's been potentially exposed to it is going to have to be tested. They're going to have to test on a regular basis. There's these old smokers that are doing the cameras. Not everybody's the 20, like you said, that bracket that's in phenomenal shape that can fight this thing off at with ease to a certain extent and basically like an extreme flu symptoms and be quarantined for two weeks, come back. But the fact of the matter is, is that if one person has it, the fatality aspect of it is one thing. That's an awful thing, but it's contaminating the game. Those nope. players... Those players that are going to get it, whether it be high end, if especially if it's high end players, it's going to contaminate the game and then they're going to have to test others. Now, my point is that I think that we're getting to a point or at least they're shoving it down our throats that, yes, people may get it, but the fatality rate is so low. It's such a low risk factor to actually die from this. And that's what everybody was afraid of initially was right. that and then filling up hospitals, this and that if they they're going to have. Trust me, these leagues are going to have a ton of testing. They're going to have way more than they probably should. And it's just kind of like, if you get it, you get it at this point. Because the, the fatality rate is so low that, okay, you get quarantined for a couple weeks, you move on with your life, and now, boom, now you're Teflon. You really can't get it again. So, hey, maybe that's an idea. Just make everybody get COVID before the there leagues start <laughs> so nobody gets sick. Just spray it. I don't Hey, I just can't. I just fixed the whole situation. Well, there. I'm, I'm... with the with the the thing is with MLB versus some of the other sports is that the MLB is attendance revenue heavy, and that's the issue. Right. And they're looking at the they're looking at the Korea the, the KBL the Korean Baseball League as a brand or maybe something that they can work off of. They're looking at three locations to have the sport: Texas, Arizona, Florida. And they're thinking that they can potentially do social distancing and have lesser attendance in the stands because they know that's where their money is and they need that revenue. So they're in a different position than some of these other sports that say, okay, well, we can be vacant. It's really not that big of a deal. We have good TV revenue. We can get it in other places. We have the market and we can move on and just bite the bullet on this, have no fans. MLB wants to try to push the envelope to have fans too. Will that happen? Who knows? But that's on the table. And yeah. you're looking at teams that are really going to be the final say in all this are going to be the teams that are in the Northeast, the powerhouses, the Yankees and the Red Sox that are going to say, hey, we want to do this or we don't. This thing's not going to go anywhere if those higher end teams that are in the major core locations where they have Corona and they're going to say, and the Yankees are going to say, look, this just ain't worth it. If they If that goes down that road, this isn't getting off the ground. So that that remains to be seen. But you have to remind you, you still do have greedy owners that Sure, need, of course. And that's and that's who's pushing this along more than anybody. I mean, the players, they want to get paid, right? And I'm not just talking about major league, I'm talking about everybody. So now we've got all these situations where they're saying we're going to cut your pay based off this. We didn't have this in your contract based off a pandemic. You know? I don't and think it's just necessarily that of course it all everything always comes down to money. But the fans want it too. They want all these sports oh, back. They want their lives back. And for better or worse, they're willing to roll the dice. 
It's just a matter of what's the best avenue to take the least amount of risk out of it. And that's what they're that's what they're working on right now. And, you know, you're getting to a situation where now they're talking about the NBA, where they're setting up locations. June 1st looks like going to be the day where they're going to make a potential determination on how this is going to move forward. And Orlando is supposed to be the spot. Makes sense. I have been talking about this for two months. I've been talking about this for two months. I said that have the West in Vegas and have the East in Orlando. Those are venues. Treat it like it's an Olympic village, okay? Or like the World Cup. Do a World Cup format. All these teams deserve to come back, okay? All you're doing is patchwork. I understand that everybody just wants to have some kind of sports. Let's have it right. Everybody, all these cities have busted their ass in this and are in a terrible spot. Everybody deserves to have a somewhat a small, even if it's a team that doesn't deserve to be there, whatever the case may be, deserves to have their team and watch their team for at least a few games on television. We've earned it. Well, well, true, but okay. you, have to, you have to take into account that the less teams that they have, the less concerns that they're going to they're going to have to deal with. Meaning if you're going to have all 30 teams there versus having the 16 playoff teams, then you're running into a whole nother. Matt, they have 120 countries at these Olympic villages. They can figure it out. There's 12 men on a roster. You have your training crew. You have your coaches. You have your um whoever else needs to come. You have a list, just like they do with some. I, I understand that, Noel, but the difference is we're talking about a pandemic. We're not talking about the Olympics. I promise you, if the Olympics were during a pandemic, which they actually canceled them or pushed them a year later, but if they had the option to have 120 countries or I don't know 30, they would pick 30 because it would be a lot more manageable for them. That's not what I mean. Okay. Okay. These guys are going to be a, you, you have everybody tested. The Bundesliga is running it. They're doing two tests a week on their players. They're going from stadium to stadium. They don't have fans. You have 30 teams. They go to a location. You have half go to Vegas, half go to Orlando, or they're talking about Orlando. Have all 30 teams. You quarantine that location. You know where these guys are going to be staying. You know where these guys are going to be. You take the top five seeds from the East, the top five seeds from the West, They have buys. The remaining teams, the 6 through 15, they go into groups, just like in the World Cup. Oh, no, I I don't disagree. It would be incredible. From a realistic standpoint, it makes more sense from them to cut down the amount of teams that they have, cut down the amount of people who work for those teams, less people, less chance of something happening. Is all I'm saying. So okay. I, I don't disagree. I would love that to happen because I'd love to see the Wizards uh, have a chance to make the playoffs or in some kind of round robin tournament or World I don't Cup understand. The, I don't understand the dispute here. I don't this, understand. I, I don't understand the dispute. So you what 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 is your resolution? You want to have eight teams go down no, there no. And, and dick around for, in a couple of series that nobody gives a shit about, and everybody's going to put an asterisk on this thing anyway? It makes no sense. All right. You have I'm, to have every team represented. The team, the, the league got cut in half. Okay. I'm just saying, Some of these I'm teams just saying, were hot. I'm just Some, saying from their perspective, Noel. I, trust me, I would much rather have all 30 teams. I'm in total agreement with you. I'm just playing counterpoint to what they're thinking less people, less problems. That's what it comes down to. But if you look at the NHL, they have a much closer view of what you're looking at. They're expanding the playoffs from 16 to 24. So that's pretty awesome. They're figuring out a way to do it. I mean, I think having every single team and cutting out some of them is a good thing. I mean, they're cutting out six teams there. Okay, but... they're doing a whopping 24 from 30. I mean, it's like, oh, that six extra teams is going to be 
an astronomical amount. What I'm saying is, is yes. And I, that's what I was getting into with the NHL aspect of things is they're going to be at 24. They're going to be at four sites. The teams that are at those sites stay there. They play out the series. The top seeds from each side gets a buy. Right. And the remaining teams have series, whether it's five games, seven series. And for example, the Caps are the three seed. They'd have a buy. Okay. So you have those other, other remaining teams fighting for spots to play them. It's ex- You're right. You're proving my point. It's exactly the same damn thing. And you know what it makes? You brought up the fact that there was money prior to. This is going to make them more money. What the hell is going to make them more money? Bringing eight teams down to freaking Orlando to have some crappy ass series that that some of the teams are even lucky to still be there because whether they were dropping off or teams were making a run and having this COVID thing was the best thing that ever happened to them because they were dying. Now they're in the playoffs and they should probably don't even deserve to be. These other teams are sitting home watching just to say we have sports. At least if you're going to do it, do it right. No, no, no. That's I, all I'm saying. And, and in fairness, the NBA, the NBA is planning on doing the eight teams that are currently seated in the playoffs, not eight teams total. They're doing 16 total teams, more than likely. Yeah, well, that's what I'm t- – yeah. Okay. All right. Just what, You said eight. I just wanted to make sure. So, Yeah, anyway. I think there's eight teams going. I don't <laughs> – Come on, man. <laughs> well, you know, be more specific, please. Um, you know about the NBA before you were born. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Please. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, you know, I, I think that we're in agreement that I wish the NBA would go that route, but it is what it is. I'm just playing devil's advocate from their perspective, just making that clear. <laughs> Moving on to the NFL, though. Typical NFL, it always works out for them. They, they, they're they not affected by this really in any way. They still get to do their draft. They always seem to be like in that perfect pocket that they have nobody defying them in any way, even in a pandemic. But, you know, they got to think about some things, too, of course. So one thing that I found kind of funny was that they're building face COVID face guards. Have you heard about this? No, so, I have not. Yeah, so they're working with Oakley, the sunglass company. They're they're testing prototypes of a modified face mask so that it might contain like an N95 material. So, hey, I mean, it's not a bad idea. You might as well do it, right? So it looks like they'll they'll have that. And maybe in the NHL, they'll, they'll probably have to do the full plastic mask too. I don't know. But so it's more than likely. Yeah, they're going to go like full uh, Mighty Duck style. Yeah, and have exactly. Like the full plastic guard. <laughs> yeah, so I think that would look pretty sweet. But yeah, so they're working on that, and I think that could help. Nothing really to see with the NFL right now, except for the. No, I mean they mask. have some parameters set up just some just in case. Yeah, they are. You're absolutely right. They're Teflon. They're like they or they think that they are. That business as usual. We're gonna have our games, and we'll figure it out when it comes. And yeah. they're planning on starting on September September 10th. Business as usual. Have that Thursday game. But they also did throw in some caveats though. That's saying that if for whatever reason we can't start when it starts, they're going to delay the season and start with week five. And then they'll put those four first games on the back end. So right. they have said that they haven't they haven't said that it's gonna go business as usual completely. They have thrown some caveats. They said if they have to do move it, they'll get rid of the buys, they'll get rid of the Pro Bowl. But they're planning on having the Super Bowl on February seventh. You know what so, doesn't make any sense though? They when they were putting out the schedule, they were saying that they weren't going to have any divisional matchups as their first week, specifically because they may miss the first four or five games. And here we are. Eagles yeah, they first said, week. fuck it. We're having <laughs> it, damn it. I don't give a damn what happens. We're having this damn thing. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're the damn ones. Damn the torpedoes. Think, yeah, damn the torpedoes, right. They're the standard. They are yeah. the standard. And they want to set the standard and say that we're doing this. And But they also have the luxury of waiting until later on in the year. These other leagues got cut off. 
MLB should be deep into the season by now. NHL and NBA were destroyed halfway through their year. So NFL has the luxury right now of saying, oh, yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're going to start when we say we're going to start. Hell with this thing. And they also this... have the luxury to see what these other leagues do, right? right? I mean, how they handle every situation and they can just kind of navigate it whichever way they want and whichever way they see fit because at the end of the day, they're going to let other people make mistakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that they have that, like you said, they have that luxury and they're going to still do their Zooms and and do their virtual trainings and, and do all that stuff and see where all the all the chips fall. And they're hoping that by staying positive and saying we're starting the season, we're starting the season that people will buy in and um, we'll see. I just don't know how these empty stadiums and arenas are going to affect play. The NFL is, is moving forward thinking that they're going to be able to fill up their stadiums, what, 25% or 30%. I know the SEC has already said that they're planning on having their stadiums at that 20%. I don't. I just don't understand. I mean, especially when, when you're talking about college football, forcing student athletes to come back when your school isn't even open yet. That's mind blowing to me, you know, but I mean, just having an affecting, having a lack of crowd is going to be such a strange thing to watch, but also how it's going to affect play because these guys have never experienced this before. And you know, being, being away, as everybody knows, it's, it's a huge advantage for the home team when you can't hear the play calls and this and that you're going to be able to hear a pin drop in there it's going to be like seattle feeding in crowd noise as they do anyway now they just are going to do it <laughs> right. so well, i mean with with pros i mean they have the luxury of that they're professionals they know it's that things are going to continue on at some point with ncaa players we already have criticism of the ncaa that treats their players like they're in, in indentured servitude anyway right so now what you're saying is is that their lives willing to roll the dice yes they're healthy young men you went over the stats before the likelihood of something like that happening or there being a fatality are very small percentage but the fact that they have the carte blanche to feel like they want to do can do whatever they want say it how they want we're, we're just weighing our options why are you weighing an option with an 18 year old kid right why are you feeling like you have the power to be able to do that and you know that he's not going to say no he's got a scholarship on the line man He's not going to risk if they say they're going to come back. He, he, if they say jump, he's going to say how high. That's how it works. Yeah. With the pros, these guys have unions. They have things that can defend them, and they and they have money to back themselves up for a period of time. These kids are just trying to make their way, and they're going to take complete advantage of it, just like they have for a hundred years. Very well said, Noel. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> so. That, that whole NCA thing just is mind-boggling. And yeah, they are going to do whatever they need them to do. And they're going to do whatever they tell them to do because what else are they going to do? You know, it's, that's their that's their option. And, you know, I highly doubt that they would lose a scholarship and say I highly doubt it. But those are some legal ramifications that that, that they'll be having to deal with. You know, and that's we began this show with the Jordan situation about people manning up. Right. Some of these right. players are going to, whether it be NCAA players or pro players that say, you know what? Not happening. I'm not risking my life. I'm not risking my fam, exposing my family to it, whatever the case may be. And are they going to be considered that they're manning up? Because in the locker room? Yeah. In the public eye, because we're PC now and everything else. They'll be like, good for you. Good for you. Good, good to stand up against it. But at the end of the day, in that locker room, those guys are going to think he's a wimp. And they're going to think, why aren't you here? Why aren't you, quote unquote, manning up? And right. there's the peer pressure there. And that's going to happen. So we'll see how this whole thing pans out. If it happens, great. 
hey, I'm going to watch it. I'm not denying that at all. Oh, of course. But there's a lot of things that need to go right in order for it to to be a quality thing on the field, as well as making sure people are safe. It's not just specific to pro sports or college sports. I mean, this is, you walk around the streets as much as you can. What are the, the percentage of people that are wearing masks and gloves and that? There's so many people that look at it as, as a weakness to- Look at con- Ocean City this weekend. Oh my God, it was insane. Did you see the freaking boardwalk? Yeah. I mean, are these people nuts? And I'm not saying we're not in a zombie apocalypse. We weren't going to drop dead by looking at you. But geez, oh, flip. What the hell are these people doing? You know, masks are optional. I never thought I'd see that. Maryland seemed to be a place where it was one of the standards that were being set to stay at home, having that Northeastern mentality. And I thought people would somewhat take it seriously. And I'm seeing these pictures of Ocean City and I'm like, holy shit. Are these people out of their minds and and I'm a wimp for thinking that it's nuts? Screw you! Right, and the fact is, these huge gatherings, the number of cases out there are lowering, right? But now you have Memorial Day weekend, and everybody's going to the beach, everybody's going to the boardwalk, all these different places, Myrtle Beach, Florida, wherever, people are getting way too lax, and you can definitely tell. And now, just like what happened in Italy, I forget which game it was that made this whole thing explode, uh, one of the Serie A games, that made it just, it just basically was like a nuclear bomb for, uh... Well, at least in their COVID. defense, they were still unfamiliar with it to a certain extent. No, totally. I mean, it was still in the fledgling stages. These people all know what the hell is at stake for some of these locations. We've been in it for three months now. No, no and, and, and these... that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, yeah, we're very well aware, and people don't give a shit. No, they don't. They just, they just don't care. They don't. And when you have a million people on the beach, however many that, that are coming from all over to all these different beaches and just piling up in these locations, it's bound to spike again. And this is a very, this is a big concern, not just for our society, but and, also for being able to watch sports because I'm going to lose my damn mind without it. Oh, go, going back to the sports aspect of it, and that's why I said before, they have to make sure they get it right. You're talking about all this fatality crap and all that. At the end of the day, they need to make sure they get it right. Because if people are exposed, it's going to bring down the quality of these matches, games, everything else. I don't want to see a freaking, if they're in the midst of a five-game series and they're in game five and half of whatever team it is gets decimated and all of a sudden they're infected with corona. Where are we going to go then? What's going to happen then? Well, that's why it, you can't. That's why you can't have crowds there because there's a lot right. of stupid people out there. But the thing is, when you're talking about pro athletes, you're talking about doctors that are. It's a much more controlled environment. Hopefully, they're going to do it right with the amount of testing that they have. Hopefully, they're going to do it right with making sure that these leagues are going to be testing the families as well, supposedly on a daily basis or at least three, four what times a week. What the fuck do these guys need their families there for? These guys are getting paid tens of millions of dollars a year. They can't take a break from their family for a couple months. They've been sitting at home with them for three months. Oh, trust me. These guys can't go to a bubble and go to a freaking place and earn their paycheck for a couple months. They need to have their wife in the hotel room and their kids supporting them. (laughs) Like, to do what? Are you freaking kidding me? You think it'd be a vacation for them. I mean, something. This is the gripe? I mean, shit, they, they they do it for training camp. Right. They, they go away for a month or whatever training camp. What's the difference? Right. I mean, these are these are paid guys. People go on business trips all the time. You know, how dare you? That's what's hold potentially could be one of the things. Well, these guys don't want to be away from their families for a month and a half. Screw you. 
You're making 20 million freaking dollars a year. Shut the fuck up and throw a damn football, asshole. You know, give me a break. Yeah. What, what are we talking about here? No, you're right. I, I totally agree with that. It, it really pisses me off if you can't see. The fact that they would even think that that's an option to make it more complicated than it already is. You're talking about leaving teams at home. These guys want to bring their damn families and their dog to this thing. I mean, what are we talking about? You either want to do it or you don't. You either want to do it or you don't. And that's the bottom line. If these guys are going to throw wrenches in the gear because they have to have their girlfriend there, get the fuck out of here. Go play the damn sport and be done with it. Well, I, I, you know, honestly, Noel, I think that's a great way to end things. Uh, <laughs> I think that really ties things together very nicely, and I, I definitely agree with what you said there. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for that, and I'm sure everybody will thank you as well. So I thought you'd all like to know. I posted this on Twitter, but I want to let you know, you guys, that we're um, no longer going to be Monday through Friday. Seemed to be a little bit too much. And, you know, there's not a lot of sports going on right now, hopefully soon, but... We're going to do Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday format, still more than most, or usually once a week, so we're pretty happy about that, but and that's going to be for the foreseeable future. Also, as always, we're on major podcast platforms, so please rate, review, and subscribe if you like what you hear. And also, you know, tell your friends. Word of mouth is a huge help to us. It really is. So, And also, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we will see you Friday. Later, guys.